Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, this is Holly Shaw. I'm here at Digital Hollywood, and I'm speaking with Catherine Clint. She is a TV veteran, a TV writer, Hunter, Jake, and the Fat Man, Night Rider, Love Boat, Heart to Heart. I specifically wanted to get an interview with you, woman. You are an amazing woman. So you just got finished um, moderating a panel. Is that right? Yes. And any, you know, post-game thoughts about how that went down or things you learned? or Well, I had already interviewed four of these people at okay. a panel of the Writers Guild. Oh, okay. And I know one of the women who's an actress who's the co-star of Get Shorty. And as I pointed out there, she's such an amazing actress that I've known her for about four or five years. And when I saw the show, we DVR'd the whole first season and I watched it. I didn't know it was her. <laughs> so... Someone must pay attention to this actress, Lydia Porto. She's amazing. Lydia Porto. Okay, we got it. And basically, I like to interview the creative executives because they're really... People dismiss them as being gatekeepers. Sure. But I think they're gate openers. Hmm. They're the people who can find something and go, we have to pursue this. Mm. We have to see if it has legs, as they say in the industry, and run with it. Mm -hmm. So... And all of the credits that you talked about are quite old. <laughs> okay. But most recently, I've been developing, I finished writing the script for a comic book for Stan Lee's POW. Oh, wow. So I'm still very active. I also um, invented a mobile platform for professionally created content, and I've obtained three full utility patents on That's it. That's right. I remember. Re- congratulations. Thank you. That's really Not something. your typical old lady things to do. <laughs> but one of my goals is this concept of age busting because we are chronologically advanced. It doesn't mean we're feeble. I always feel like I have to walk into a new place where people have read my credits and go, look, I'm still ambulatory and I can still stand on one leg for the knee that I had replaced. What does anything else matter? (laughs) So So you mentioned earlier about the creative executives as being the gatekeepers, but you're trying to bust that down. Now you are a, a creative person. You are somebody who has been writing and doing TV for a really long time. So how do you sort of break that down? How did you discover that you could start breaking down that barrier yourself? Like, what would you advise artists to do? Well, first of all, um, I have next to nothing in common with people my age. I'm 63. Most of them are saying, well, yeah, I got another two years to retire. And I say, wow, what are you going to do? And they go, nothing. And I'm like, really? Because retiring and doing nothing is kind of like death. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I invented one kind of technology. Once that launches, mm-hmm. I've got another idea. And then I've got another idea after that. And I go to hackathons, which are not bad things. It's where hacking is, you know, synonymous for solving problems. And I've been yeah. to, I think, two dozen. I've won five. And wow. so I'm always the old lady, but, you know, I'm also the only person who knows how to pitch something really well. Uh-huh. So now the better coders will work with me. Um, I just look at what's new and what's next. I don't care about what's happened. Yes, I can Uh write old cop shows. And Uh when I was doing it, I was the girl who was writing cop shows. So I was busting doors down then anyway. So it sounds like your creativity started out in one place and it just keeps finding places to flow. Like you get more and more creative the older you get is, is the message I'm hearing. 
I don't know if it's more. I'm yeah. willing to be more experimental ah. because I've learned how to fail. It's a very technological thing. You know, in creativity, we're told, oh, that script can't fail. Yeah, it can, you know, because not all scripts should be made. But it's if you don't try and push your boundaries, you're not going to advance. You're not going to get stronger. So um, when social media started coming out and I looked at it and I thought, there must be something more. I took all the skills that I had developed writing for TV shows that were hits. I mean, back then, if a show was a failure, only 30 million people saw it. Excuse me. Three seconds. Three seconds. I heard you right. Three seconds? Yeah, three seconds. Because that's all the attention you get as someone scrolling through stuff. So you have to catch their attention and make them fall in love with you in three seconds. And how do you, is it just by using sound and story and telling the story? I mean, how do you do a story in three seconds? Okay, so first of all, I read a lot. And one of the things I read, I don't read novels. I read nonfiction. I read studies. I read trade manuals. And I started looking at what's the psychology of how people respond to things. Why do you have two pictures of the same scene? One of them goes viral. The other one never has anything happen to them. What is it that makes people fall in love with you? And how do you throw it out there in just a second? Years ago, Saatchi and Saatchi did a thing called Love Marks, Mm. a brand worth loving. So I called up Saatchi and Saatchi and said, can I find out about that? They sent me three books and I read them. And I understood them. And then I started saying, okay, how do I apply that to TV and film? Well, in TV, I'm just too old. My first agent representation was William Morris Agency. Now they won't even talk to me. I'm just too old. They won't say that. But you can see how they look at you like, yeah, I mean, call me and I'm not going to return. But yeah, go ahead and call me. And I feel like that's their loss. Absolutely. Because I'm ready to keep going. You've got all this experience and all this knowledge now under your belt. The thing that turned me around, Mm -hmm. and this was when I was over 40, and they were starting to say, you're too old. I turned to my friend and mentor, Larry Gelbart, and I said, Larry, I've got a new project. Can you help me get an agent? And he looked at me and he said, sweetheart, I can't even get an agent. They won't even return my calls. He had done MASH and Tootsie and a funny thing happened on the way to the forum and millions of Broadway you know he had been amazing and I went okay it's not me it's definitely not him it's them so how do I get around that and I started mentoring what I call the youngsters I have three sons who are 26 28 and 31 and I started looking around saying you know someone's got to give them an idea of where things are going So I just kind of started being a cheerful helper. And my placeholder job when the kids were little was working with a magazine called Creative Screenwriting. Mm. And I went from a freelance writer to contributing editor to associate publisher. Mm. And along the way, I learned, wow, I can just kind of press pass into anything. So at the height of my insanity, I was going to 70 conferences a year. That's how I found Digital Hollywood. And this has become a home for me because I've been teaching the Hollywood Masterclass now for, I think, teaching it, moderating the panel, I think six years. Okay. And before that, I was covering it for press. Mm-hmm. And when you're at a conference, you get to ask the president of a company or the CEO of a company a question. Yeah. And if it's a smart question, you'll get a really serious answer. Yeah. And so that enabled me to expand my knowledge. It's like having a constant floating MBA Yeah. And um, I just got hooked. I'm a lifelong learner. I'm never going to stop. I'm never going to stop creating. And because they're not doing, you know, letting me in the TV door anymore. Now, Stan Lee, who, by the way, is 95. And no one says, oh, he's too old to have an idea. Hmm. 
Um, I just finished writing the comic book for that project, and I'm on to what's next. That's I, exciting. I want to do another comic book. And so you have all this knowledge in, about how to sort of crack the code of what people fall in love with, what people are going to be devoted watchers of. And it sounds like from what you said, you're you're devoted to making family-friendly content. So it's not for evil. It's for good that you exactly. know all this stuff. So can you tell me a little bit about what stories you love to create? Well, for example, with family-friendly films, um, if you can't write a compelling story without using sex, violence, or profanity, you're not a writer. Move on. Go someplace else where you can thrive. Mm. It's always a cop-out. Sometimes, yes, you're going to have the mafia kingpin. Yes, he's going to swear. But no one is servicing what I call, I mean, the Christian community mm. is family-friendly. Mm-hmm. And most of the content that's directed to them is another story about Jesus or another story about a saint. And that's great. Yeah. But they deserve more. So when I look at family-friendly, I just wrote an animation, which is available for sale, about a rebellious teenage chameleon who doesn't want to blend in. He wants to celebrate color like the creator intended. Okay. Now, that's family-friendly, and that's a universal story because every child everywhere hits that tween-teen year and goes, I'm special. I'm separate from everybody. I am unique. And, of course, growing up is the process of learning what about you is unique and how do you blend into the rest of the world. Yeah. What do you wish that you had known starting out? Because you, you've mentioned age quite a bit in this discussion. And so I'm curious if, looking back, there's anything that you wish you had known as a young writer or taken advantage of when you were there. Okay. You know? I wish I had known that it wasn't going to last forever. And I wish I had known that it was really important to lose the baby weight because if I looked like Jane Fonda, I'd still be getting into more drawers. Um, I almost said drawers. I'd be getting into more drawers, but that's... (laughs) Well, that might be fun, too. Um, I wish I had known that it wasn't going to last forever because I might have planned accordingly. Mm. I wound up teaching on a fluke, Mm -hmm. and I've helped pioneer... um, Mediate instruction and distance learning. My first screenwriting class I taught that was college accredited was 1995. We were winging it. And now I'm teaching social media strategy and content marketing to adults through Cal State's extended ed program. And what I wish I had learned earlier was to be flexible and pivot and be agile and all those things that I picked Mm. up from hanging out with techs. Mm. So much good stuff. Thank you so much for all this wonderful wisdom that you're sharing with us today. Catherine Clinch, you're an amazing woman. Thank you. Well, thank you for asking. (laughs) You're welcome. 